go straight into the word. Amen. It's good to see every one of you. I believe God's going to give you something today to, to live with. And uh, it's very important that we practice. I think we don't see because we don't practice. I have a lot of ministry going on in my office these days, and I'm very grateful to God uh, because God's bringing people. I've seen a lot of deliverance. Um, I think I heard a message. I wore this today. A lady that was badly abused and very down got a word today. She's so joyful. I think I was talking to her about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and she said, how come they don't tell us this stuff? <laughs> I said, we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> but she received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I heard she's doing so well. And another one received today again in my office. It's a good place to be. My office is good. <laughs> okay, you can come. <laughs> Please. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I think, I, I don't think, I know. Please be seated. I don't think, I know. Until you step out to act on God's word, you never feel him. You never see him. You never see the miraculous. You never will see that. Um, I believe it's uh, Isaiah chapter 8. It says, Jesus speaking in the Old Testament, I and the children that God has given to me, we are for signs and wonders. You can't be ordinary. After you receive Jesus into your life, you are no longer just human. Please understand that. You are not just human. There is a part of you. I mean, think about it. Jesus is in you. That's God. We know that. If he's, in, if he's really in you, like the scripture says, you're not just human anymore. There is a part of you, if it's you and he's in there, there is a part of you that's God. That's true. And that's why the death of Jesus is so glorious. That made it available for us, for God to live inside of us. So we lose the fear, totally. You know, when I was a kid, I used to be so scared of uh, witch doctors. I mean, if you grew in my society... We scared them. But once I got saved, uh-uh. I wasn't afraid of them at all. And then I've told, if you were in Africa, I tell the stories, and I've told it here. My family at that time didn't understand it. They were going, they took me, kind of kidnapped me, first to the, what they call, DPO, that's a police bus in town who threatened me, and I, he said, if they ever bring you back here, uh, we will put you in jail. And then my mother thought, because everybody says, that boy, that man, he's lost his mind. And the fellow said, uh, because he talks too much about Jesus, he reads the Bible and all of that. 
And uh, the police uh, boss told me, if you ever come here, um, we'll put you back there if you do anything bad. I said, so I never do anything bad to bring me here. I'm a believer. And uh, he said, get out of my office. I left and he called my mother. Don't you have another child? It's over for this guy. (laughs) Focus on the other one. This, he's gone. You know, I've told this story here. After I got married to Angela, those ladies were saying, gossiping. I was inside church. They said, one of those boys got married. Which one of them? And they said, oh, you this one of them. They said, I know all of the boys. That's my father's children. I know all of them. Which one is this? Angela was standing by, listening to them. And the woman said, you don't remember him? He went to America, the one who used to go to church a lot. The woman said, oh, you were the one that used to be insane. <laughs> and Angela was standing there. And as soon as I got out of church, because it was a full house, Angela said, I've got to talk to you. <laughs> and she says, it's very serious. I said, what happened? Don't want to talk about it now. We talk about it when we get home. And she locked me in the room and she says, just tell me the truth. I'm not going to be... I mean, we just got married a few days. That was a few days after. <laughs> and she said, just tell me the truth. I'm not going to be angry with you. Were you ever insane or crazy sometimes? in your life? Where did you get that stuff from? But that's the way it was. And uh, they, they, I went talking about this because they figured, they, my mother figured he was nuts. That was before Angela's time. And they took me to a witch doctor deep in the village, no electricity. And I told that witch doctor, um, you have more problems than I have. <laughs> and I said, uh, let me show you the gospel of Jesus and then when I'm through uh, you can give me your portions and your stuff and I'll drink and uh, but give me room to preach to you. He's looking at me like that. And I gave him my Roman road, you know. All I've seen and come short of the glory of God. (laughs) And I preached to him and I said, now I'm through. I couldn't ask him to receive Christ. He was a witch doctor, the big shot. And I said, now I'm through. It's your turn. Do what they paid you to do. He's looking at me and said, hey, I'm a school teacher. You got to finish your job quickly so I can get back. I just told you I'm not insane. I'm normal. I just received Christ. That's all. I'm, I'm just normal. That's where they treat. <laughs> it's strange. They took me to a place where they treat crazy people. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I'm telling you, it's funny. Until I said all the story. And they got me in chains. They chained, they chained me up. But I'm not going to go into the story. But the next day, there was not a piece of chain on my body. God helped me too. Everything was gone. We doctor said, Mom, take your money and get that boy out of my yard. <laughs> okay? <coughs> What's going on?
Amen. So basically what I'm saying is until you put God's word into practice, you never experience him. You know, while I was in that chain, I mean, I was on the floor, concrete floor. My hands, because they took me by force and just wrapped the chain around it several times and they padlocked it. There are people who are still alive. They know about it back there. And I shared in their presence. My wife heard the stories many times. But they wrapped the chain around my hands and padlocked it and chained one of my legs to the floor. And then I could hear the mad people all over in different rooms screaming. And I said, God, I got to sleep. It's been all day. They've been, you know, pulling me here and there. And it was later in the evening, and I still couldn't sleep. You try to use your uh, your hand for pillow, and the chains will eat into my head. And so the only way to sleep was back down on my back with my hands just like this. Right? You know, th- and then I get tired. I can't turn. That's the only po- comfortable position. So I was crying to God and praying in tongues. And I kept saying, God, hey. <laughs> This is tough. <laughs> to be a Christian is not easy. This is really hard. And I heard a voice in my head. He said, the chains are loose. Why don't you take them off? That was it. I just dropped them. That's what God did. True story. True story. And so those from that early days trying to learn to obey God. If you don't act on God's word, they never work for you. Jesus told Peter, step out of the boat. Or he just said, come. No more words. Come. Peter stepped out of the boat. It was solid. When you act on God's word, not a split second goes by. He didn't sink a little bit. If he had sunk a little bit, he'll get back in the boat. But see, when God says, act on my word, come, and you act on it, no disappointment. He'll never disappoint you. The trouble is we can't trust him enough to act on it. We're so concerned sometimes about what people think. We're so concerned. What if it doesn't work? What's going to happen to you? What's going to happen to me? That's the thing that we're concerned about. And so we don't act on the word. And Satan fills our minds with all kinds of stuff. We know the scriptures. But we are free to act on the scriptures. Because we really can trust God. And to me, not trusting him. Can you imagine your own son not trusting you? You give him something to eat and she says, where did you get that stuff from? In question, are you sure this thing is okay for me to eat? He said, I'm your mother. Eat. It's okay if it's good for you. Are you sure there is no poison in this stuff? <laughs> That's not a good thing. You act because you believe. You love. the person. This person loves me. And they won't lie to me. They won't try to hurt me. Right? So you act on the word. So that's the way we should approach God. He is our heavenly father. The earthly father, the best of them, can't touch this one. He is our heavenly father. It's not the earthly father. We got good, some good fathers on the earth, but none of them come anywhere. I mean, a million miles away with regards. I mean, that's the God that we serve. He's faithful. 
Amen. So we got to test his word. Let me say this to you. In Romans 14, verse 23, since we are dwelling on how important faith is, how important faith is, he says, but whoever has doubt is condemned. So whoever means you, me, if you have doubt in anything, you're already condemned. No matter what you're trying to do, condemned. Whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat. This is strange. It's all about eating. Now, so it tells you because their eating is not from faith. So you're condemned for eating because you didn't eat in faith. Well, if eating can bring condemnation because you didn't eat in faith, what are that things? Can we do without faith and it be when we receive condemnation? And this is just eating food, right? And it tells you, and in addition to what I just told you, everything, how many things? Everything that does not come from faith is sin. To me, I was meditating on that today and I was saying, everything, what about prayer? Well, if eating can be seen almost innocent, right? How can you pray without faith and then be okay? So everything has to be by faith. Faith is so important. And faith is just believing that God will keep his word, his promise. You can read that First Kings chapter 8, verse 56. The Jews, they were testifying there has not failed one word of all the good promises which God promised. So they testified in the Old Testament that God's promise never fails. Psalm 89 verse 34, God says, you know, my covenant will I not break. Neither will I alter any word that proceeds from my mouth. God will not alter it because I can't fulfill it. No, he stays the way it is because God will fulfill his word. And God is not a man that he shall lie. Why shouldn't we trust him? Why shouldn't we just put it all out for him? Why are we still playing games, trying to cut corners? Hopefully we can make it. We can't do it without him. We just have to abandon ourselves to him and trust him because he is faithful. The Bible says even when we are unfaithful, he abides faithful. He remains faithful. So we must know that God is faithful. And because we know God is faithful, we can just throw ourselves in his arm. And say, God, wherever you take me, I'm ready to go. I'll just close my eyes. It doesn't matter. Because he's going to be good for me when he's all over. So whatever is not of faith is sin. Now, we, I want you to put this in the back, in your, the back of your mind. Okay. Now, talking about the importance of faith, because God gives us lessons. And I've told you here, very simple, the way God works with regards to faith. First, it's simple. Believe it. You can't believe it on your own. You don't have what that takes. Faith has its seed in the word of God. And it will grow. 
if you take in the word and you know the word, you, you will have faith. All of us here tonight have faith. Because you received the word. You received the word. If you read in John chapter 17, please read John 17. Jesus' prayer, the high priestly prayer to his father. Very often, in that one chapter, he kept saying, the words that you gave me, I gave to them. The words that you've given me, I've given to them. And then, in one case, he said, and they received the word. And through the word, they now know I am from you. And all things that I'm doing came from you. Until you receive the word, you can't have faith. You can't even know Jesus. Because through faith, you get to know Jesus. We don't see him in person. But you can get to know him through faith. And once you've seen him, you can't help but fall in love with him. You can't help but want to be around him all the time. You cry bitterly like Peter if you ever do anything that is against him. That's what this is. Now, put that in the back of your mind. Jesus made this very clear. I don't do anything except what I see my father do. And I don't say any word. The words you hear from me, they're not mine. It's what I hear from the father. He's the one that's doing the works. That's what he tells us. And so, if you read in Mark chapter 11... God, I believe this was God, wanting to show the disciples how faith works. Because we need it. Amen? He wanted to show them how faith works. If you read in the beginning of the chapter, Jesus went into Jerusalem. And he went, looked around the temple, did nothing. And then went back out to Bethany. And then he was returning. And the Bible said he was hungry. The funny thing is, why was he hungry and the rest of them were not? Alright? He was the one that was hungry. And I believe the father was doing something. If you read in Mark chapter 11 verse 12, it says, Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves... He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And the wonder who drew his attention to that tree. I believe it was his father. This whole thing was planned by his father. You remember uh, Peter? He, he went up to pray and he felt hungry. You remember that? And then there's a sheet that was let down. Why? Because God was going to show him a, teach him a lesson. Okay? This was divine. So Jesus went to see if there was something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, <laughs> Jesus said to it, Do you respond to somebody that, don't, that didn't say anything to you? I know, we humans don't think. But it seems as if the tree was saying, you're not going to eat anything, okay? I don't have anything for you. Don't ask me. That's what it says in response, okay? <laughs> That's what it says. 
In response, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever. And his disciples heard it. Notice, if there is no faith, you see. So nobody hears it. In case if it didn't work, then nobody heard it. Is that not what preachers do? Okay. I had a pastor for Young Cho. He said he was preaching healing, and he had this big service. The place was packed. And then there was one woman that was brought, and kept right in front of him, so twisted. He told God, God, why did you put this this woman in front of me? My face is gone. So he, he wasn't happy at all. He said he was preaching, but he made sure he never looked at that side. I mean, not, he was always going past, looking at the woman back and forth. And then he prayed the prayer, you know, for everybody to be healed. And there were testimonies. And while the people were rejoicing, and God was saying, all you need to do is go lay your hands on that twisted woman. And it will be fine. So while they were screaming and shouting and dancing, he quietly went down <laughs> and touched the woman. And then as he was running back, so no one saw him. And then all of a sudden, the woman got up and there was, everybody was screaming. And he turned around, what's going on? It was the woman. <laughs> okay. God had the gift of faith, right? So Jesus spoke clearly, okay? When faith is there, you're not afraid of what anyone thinks. Can I hear an amen? That's what it is. He spoke so they heard him. But notice, he never said a lot of words. You know what I would do? Oh God, this tree, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, that's, we will be there for another 30 minutes praying for the tree to die. All he did was a few words. Just words. No one is from you from, from this day. Ever. Like no big deal. I'm sure the disciples heard it and then he kept going. And they're looking back at the tree and wondering, wow, what does that really mean? What's going to happen to the tree? This was God planning to show the disciples how the earth was created. Amen? How we as Christians must act. You know, Jesus operated as a man, not as God. That's why he kept saying, the son of man. The son of man. For a Jew... To hear the word son of man means I'm a man. And whenever Jesus says son of God, they got mad. Because in their mind, you're saying, and they told him, you being a man, you make yourself God. When he says son of God, they mean, he means he's God. And they didn't like that. Let me put it this way. The son of a monkey is a monkey. Okay? It can be something different. The Son of God is God Himself. So they went in. You know the story. They were coming back the following day. And I'm sure they passed by that tree. And then they were all looking at the tree. But we wonder what's going to happen to this tree. Jesus spoke to it. Everybody knew it. They understood what was happening. 
And then the next day, says Peter, remembering, said to them, because the tree was dead, from, I mean, just dried all, all the way up. He says, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. One day. Did Jesus not see it? I'm sure he saw it. Wasn't a big deal. He knew the Father had spoken that tree would die. But you're thinking, why would God do that to a tree? And if you read another translation, another uh, this passage in another book, it wasn't time for it to have figs. So all Jesus was doing was for us. There's only one thing that pleases God: faith. And God wanted to show the disciples how it works. Not by mind, not by power, but by the Spirit. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. So now notice, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. For assuredly I say to you, whatever, whoever says to this mountain. Now, there was no mountain around. Probably somewhere far, not the tree. He never referred to the tree. The tree was already dead. But we have mountains in our lives. So now he's giving us the principle of faith. And guess who was saying those words? The father speaking through the son. Wanting them to know how faith works. Because all they saw, Jesus never prayed to the father when he talked to the tree. We always pray before we do it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's teaching us a lesson. Speak to it. Speak to the problem. If you believe in your heart, that's the way he says, Romans chapter 10, you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. For with the heart, Romans 10, 10, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You can believe with your heart and be righteous, but until you speak, it doesn't work for you on the earth. In heaven, it's okay. With the, read it, John 10, 10. With the mouth, one believes unto righteousness. I mean, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Until you speak it, even though heaven recognizes it, that you are okay now, right here on earth, Without, without doing that, you haven't released the faith in your heart to perform for you on the earth. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's what it is. So Jesus says to them, for shortly I say to you, always notice when Jesus uses the word, I to you. That's a law. Most of us don't talk this way. Well, uh, I say to you. Well, I'm saying, just tell me what you have to say. Why do you have to say I say? Okay? Just tell me what you have to say. So, Jesus, when he says, assuredly, in other words, this is God speaking. I'm going to assure you, but I'm saying it to you. This is a law. Okay? Whoever says to this mountain, whoever means you, 
whoever says to this mountain, so we're talking about saying, not praying, not whoever prays to this mountain, or prays to God for this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, right? Not those things he prays or thinks about, those things he says will be done. If you believe that it will be done, not yet done, but you believe it will be done because you're saying it. (laughs) And you're saying it in his name. You know what that means? He's like he is the one saying it. If if somebody brings a message or I want uh, somebody to go call Angela, I can send somebody and they go up to Angela and say, well, he said to come, right? Well, the person can speak in my name, right? And, and we know who is speaking. The messenger is just the go-between. But the person is really the one that's on the other hand, right? The other person doesn't see the one who is calling you. If Trump wants you at the White House, you never see him. But you see the messenger, right? But you don't say, well, I need him here. No, you go, right? But so when we use his name, he's as if he himself, he's saying it. If you say to the tree in his name... The tree understands the authority behind you. He sees Jesus himself and he shall respond. They hear his voice through you. Amen. They hear his voice through you. They hear his voice. If you say, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice every time is what you say, you have whatever you say. Not pray to God, but whatever you say. That's why we must understand how faith works. First of all, if you read that Romans chapter 10, it says in verse 8, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. Which is the word of faith that we preach. That if you If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. Let's go to that. Could you give me that? Uh, Romans 10. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then he gives you a law. When he says for, the reason why you will be saved, and that word is sozo, that means delivered, being set free, made whole, all of it. The reason, it says for, with the heart. One, it doesn't matter who. Some translation says man. You're a man? Yes. You believe with your heart. The reason why it works this way is you believe with your heart, but you have to speak it with your mouth. That's where we're missing it. Well, I believe, but you're not saying anything. We have to say something. When you say and you believe 
and you refuse to doubt based on, you know why it says, and believe that it will come to pass because circumstances will come to you that, makes, that will make you want to abandon what you are saying with your mouth. And the Bible says, hold fast to your confession. Hold it tight because he who promised is faithful. Read in, in Hebrews chapter 10. He says, hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering. Because the one who promised is faithful. So you keep saying the same thing. Even though your whole body is saying, it's never going to happen. You're lying to yourself. You're deceived. You stay with the word. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Your whole feelings and all of it. Stay with the word. God will come true. He abides faithful. He will come true. You know, if you read in Genesis, everything is about in Deuteronomy, everything is about saying. Even when you tithe. Hello? Even when you tithe. We do it in church, we just give. I have to repent. God said in the Old Testament, when you bring your tithe, don't just bring it, say something. Say something. They have what they had to say in the Old Testament. We should know what to say in the New Testament when we bring our ties to God. I'm going to read it for you so you know. Everything about Christianity is what you believe in your heart and what you speak with your mouth. That's what's going to happen. You know, years ago, you meditate in these things. That's why uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from where? Your mouth. But you meditate in it day and night. I had been meditating for a while there. And my, my wife will tell you, I talk so much about healing. I'll talk off your ears about healing. But I hadn't seen too many people healed at all. Some one fellow asked me, after I talked his ear out with healing, he said, have you healed anybody? <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> No. It's like, why do you talk so much about it? He said, nothing has happened. But I, I kept it on. I kept talking to people. But one, at one night, I was sleeping, and it, this thing was in my head. And I woke up, and I got up, and I told Angela, first words. That was few day, a few months or maybe a year or two before I went into ministry. I told Angela, that was good money, because it was burning inside of me. As soon as I woke up, we got up, you know, I walked uh, back maybe at the medical center then, and I told Angela, I said, I can open blind, I can open deaf ears, and I can make the dumb to speak. And Angela looked at me like, what have you been drinking? <laughs> and, uh, and she says, well, she thought about it, she said, you can do it, Jesus has to do it. I said, exactly, that's what I meant. <laughs> and you see, I've seen those happen. I've seen both, I probably have a video in my office. Deaf and dumb. I've seen those come to pass. You know the word. Amen. You speak it. You believe it. And God makes it happen. Now, back to the tithe thing. It says, and you shall answer and say before the Lord. It says, God says, when you bring your tithe, it says, you shall answer. Right? You're bringing your tithe. I'll read it through so you know he's talking about tithe. It says, and you shall answer and say, bring it to the priest. And then you say, hey, priest, here you go, my time. And then turn back and start speaking. <laughs> okay? And you shall answer and say before the Lord, your God, my father was a Syrian. 
about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there. Few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our father, our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing. Notice what they are saying. God gave them the land, but they are telling God. He gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land. Right? He's paying his tithe, but speaking. I don't want to read more. You can read it at home, okay? <laughs> but that's what he did. they did. God said, when you bring your tithe, speak. Say something. Because they are acting on their faith, right? First you believe, and then you speak, and then you follow with a corresponding action. And God confirms it. That's what it is. Peter believed, and he said, Jesus bid me to come, right? And Jesus said, come. And then Peter followed with corresponding action, and the water was solid for him. I told somebody today, it's like a chess game. Okay? Yes. God pushes by giving you the promise, right? And then now it's your turn to push, right? And and then you believe the promise. That's your piece, your push, right? And you, you ask for God to do it, and God says, okay, good. Then he pushes, he gives it to you. Now it's your turn to push. Most of the time, after he's giving it to us, we don't feel anything. And so we go back to God. God, why don't you push? God said, I already pushed. <laughs> it's your turn to push. Act on your words. Amen? That's the way it works. But many times we're asking God, uh, it's your turn to push. God says, I already did it. He said, well, I didn't feel anything. Now you push. Well, it's not by, it's not by feelings, right? We walk by faith and not by sight. So you can stay there crying and praying. God says, no, that would be against the law. I already pushed. It's your turn. Okay? The words of God in our mouth, that's what that it takes. It says in Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 24, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. That word saints is very important. Because this is Old Testament, right? The Jew says, incline your ears to my saints. You know, if you read in Matthew chapter 7, towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, you know what Jesus said? Everyone who hears these saints of mine, remember that? And does them, I will liken them to what? A wise man that built his house on the rock. That's the same thing. He says, you take his sayings and you repeat them. And we're coming to that in the scripture. That's very important. Incline your ears to my sayings. Pay attention. In other words, listen to what he's saying. 
pay close attention. Don't be distracted. Stay with what he's saying. Incline, in other words, so focused on it. In what he's saying, your ears, everything, your attention given to it. Not just your ears, but attention. You're paying attention to what he's saying. It says, do not let them depart from your eyes. In other words, you're hearing, your attention is there. You're seeing it. What are you saying? Just what? No. What he's saying to you. You can see what he's saying to you, right? Let me give you an example. God brought uh, um, Abraham out and said, look at the skies, right? And he looked. And all the stars. God says, count them. Abraham goes, one, two, three, four. Oh, God, there are too many. I can't count. You are looking at the faces of your children, God says. And from that day, I'm sure every time Abraham goes out and he looks up, he sees the faces. Oh, those are my, the faces of my children today. Faith. Faith. Amen. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, you, let it consume you. Everything. Let it consume you. If it consume, consumes you, notice what Jesus says. Out of the abundance of the heart, you're going to say it. You're going to say it. Once you pay full attention, you're going to say it. For they are life. Notice what it says. They are life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. You want to be healthy? Just go look for God's word. Amen. Pay close attention and you will be well. God is not a man that he shall lie. Neither is he the son of man that he shall repent. If he said, he would do it. If he has spoken, he will make his word good. Keep your heart. Notice what it says. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. So your heart, what goes in there, make sure you don't have these negative things that are not from God. He already told you what to pay attention to, right? He says, don't allow anything else to come in there. Just what God says. Use diligence. Don't permit those things that are contrary to his word to come in there. And then he says, put away from you a deceitful so we now end up with mouth. Right? What comes out of your mouth? And put perverse lips far from you. You know what God calls? When your words contradict his words, guess what? That's contrary to his will. That's perversion. It's going to, uh, contrary to his word. Take those things off your mouth. We want to read about death. We say, well, that's curse words. Well, people curse. I'm telling you what. This, the words that are curse words for us in America, in some other country, they are just ordinary day-to-day words, okay? I'm telling you it's true. I've been in a country where they, 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 even the pastors, they are using curse words, and I'm pleading with them, please don't say this around me, <laughs> because I'm from America. Those words, is, those words are really nasty. They say, what's the matter, brother? Good luck. I said, we don't say those words. Okay? What curse words for us? You know, like if you go to England, if, if I say bloody something, the ink, uh, here in America, what's the matter with you, bloody? What are you using, bloody, bloody? No big deal. But in Great Britain, bloody is a bad word. 
it's cultural, right? So that's not what he's talking about. That's all I'm trying to say. Not curse words. <laughs> okay? We're talking about whether your words agree with him. The Bible says, can two walk together except they are in agreement? So if you want God to walk with you, say his word. Make your confession because he is the high priest of our confession, what comes out of our mouth. Say what you believe. And sometimes, even if you don't believe but God says it, keep saying it. And if you keep saying it, the seed is being planted into your heart. It will grow. And before you know, you have a lot of faith. If you feel unloved, tell God, God, I know you love me. Say it out so you hear it. Say it a thousand times. And all of a sudden, God will speak to you. As I heard the preacher said, he kept saying this. One word from the scripture. He repeated that thing over and over again. And one day he said it and God replied. And it is the same word. And he got it in his heart. From that day, freedom. That's the way it works. Say the same thing. My time is fast spent. Stand up. We're going to close here. Again, it's one thing to go to church and just hear something and never practice at all. You will never understand it. Please, in a small way, start to practice. Okay? Start to practice. When I was sick, there was one time back in Georgia where I was in school, I got sick. And in my mind, because of what happened to me way back when uh, they said the witch doctor, before I got saved, Satan whispered in my head and said, this sickness you have, uh, that's the one that the witch doctor did something for you. Now you are a Christian, you got to deal with it. My roommate said, you're going to die, good luck. And I started saying, yeah, it was that bad. And I started talking to God. And all I was saying, by his stripes, I am healed. And I kept throwing up. And every time I threw up, I said, by his stripes, I am healed. The next day, I was back in my class. Amen? It was gone. It was gone. God is faithful. So say the word. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And if you say it that often, believe me, he is alive. You will hear from him in your spirit. He will tell you back, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. And it goes deep inside of you. Amen? But if you don't say it and you believe it, What's that? He never heard it from you. Here in America, we say, if you are a father and you love your children, don't you have to tell them? Tell them. Don't just assume. They know. It's the same with our Heavenly Father. Tell Him. And tell yourself, God, I know you love me. I know you love me. I know you love me. And keep saying it. And God will say, yes, son, I love you. And down in your spirit, it will be different. That's what Christianity is all about. Amen? He is real. God is real. Let's lift our hands up today, this night. And let God deposit in your heart something that bugs you. That you want to say boldly. I mean, find a place where there is no one. He's been bugging you. Find a place and begin to yell it out. God, I believe. Just like that man said. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now keep saying those words to God and the Father will respond to that need in your life.
because fear is gone from you. Amen. Father, we want to thank you tonight. I thank you for your people. I know that your word cannot return to you void. If you're sick in the body, God's healing you right now. Amen. You just need to do what you couldn't do before. God's healing you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you for healing your people. Because you have said in your word, so you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Sickness has to go from the midst of us. We receive healing from our God tonight. We thank you. All our needs are met. Because your word says the Lord God must be praised, magnified. The God who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. We thank you. We are prosperous. We are above and we are never beneath. We are ahead. We will never be tail. Father, we thank you. By your stripes we are healed. All of our needs are met because your word has said to us he's given given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. We have all things that pertain to life and godliness. See it with me. I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. God has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. I have all things in the name of Jesus that pertains to life and to godliness. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you.